welcome everybody to Phone Show Chat Podcast. 726, recording this on Saturday the 10th of December 2022. I've got a bit of a cold, as usual in the winter. That's me and my life. Welcome to the show, Ted Salmon. Hello everyone, greetings from North Wales, the very cold North Wales, but I don't think as cold as where our guest is. Yes, guest is Aidan Bell. Hi Aidan. Hello there. Yeah, it's it's minus three outside. We were just chatting off air about it. Um, Yeah, winter has arrived with a thump, hasn't it? But hello, everybody. Yes, yes. We've got Aidan on because he's a bit of a, a sucker, really, for QWERTY smartphones. <laughs> but he's kind of looking beyond them. And we wanted to go through your thought processes and try and guess, really, where you're going to end up after all of this. So it should be an interesting journey. In the meantime, a few reminders of URL, stevelitchfield.com for the show notes. Ted, you are to be found where online? TedSalmon.com, that's where I hang out, and that's where I am the rest of the time. I'm in MeWe, of course, and if you're not in our MeWe group, why not? Come and yeah, join. If you're not on MeWe, you're doing it wrong. Um, Aidan, where can people find you online? Well, MeWe, of course, I'd better say that first, and also AidanBell.com, which links out to everything else that I get up to. Okay, or also tinyurl.com forward slash sl-shorts, which goes to my new YouTube shorts channel, which I've been doing lots of this week, and maybe we'll touch on some mm. of those later on we do have a few corrections and bits and pieces um this is from ian watson i'll just summarize what he's done we were talking last week gentle listener about the idea that as a phone heats up when it's fast charging the charging rate would be slowed down in software so that the, the phone and the battery wouldn't get too hot in other words it would improve the longevity of the battery and ian watson's put up a big post on me i won't read it in full because it's quite long but In summary, he installed the AccuBattery app on his Pixel 7 Pro and the GSAM battery app, that's G-S-A-M battery app, we'll try and find links in the show notes, which lets him view temperature against charge rate and battery state. And he's put a nice little um, graph up in the MeWe group, Ted, showing that as the temperature indeed rises on the Pixel 7 Pro um, above a certain temperature, then the charge rate, the power rate going into the phone slows down. So it's doing exactly what he said it would do. You and you and Ian ought to get together, aren't they? You, you and your <laughs> charts, charts and diagrams and all the rest of it. Yes, I think if I understand that correctly, you're quite right that that it's kind of trying, it's trying hard to look after the yeah. longevity of the battery by dropping it down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. good and, one. And this is specifically and pertinently on wireless charging because we've said for ages that wireless charging, Qi charging, it does. It's less efficient than wired charging, so it generates heat. So something that's Qi charging, certainly fast Qi charging, does get warm. But if you put a Pixel 7 Pro on a number of Qi chargers, and he he quotes, I think it's an Anchor one. Uh, We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, No, it's an Aukey. He spelled it A-U-C-K-L-Y. Isn't it just A-U-K-E-Y, Ted? No, Aukey was the company that got banned from Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) They changed their name. They changed their name, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so he's trying on a particular Qi charger, and they say uh, online that that their Qi charger does not work with the Pixel Seven Pro, and it's not for the technical reasons in terms of protocols and Qi. It's that the the phone literally detects it's getting warm pretty quickly and turns the Qi charging off, which is just crazy. So I did think it was a great idea. I do think the idea should be suspended in software, Ted, when it's wireless charging, because you know you're going to get heat. When you're wired charging, maybe you can manage the the charge rate more accurately. But when you're Qi charging, you accept the phone's going to get quite warm. Uh, yes, I suppose so. Um, one of the, the tips that came out of the, on the back of this was, uh, I think it was from Malcolm Bryant, actually, to say that we should all have our Qi chargers on a metal plate to dissipate the heat. 
Did you see that going through? Yeah, I did. And I think it's lower down in the show notes, which I'll just jump oh, okay. to now because the problem with that, Malcolm, is that our phones are almost always in TPU or plastic or leather cases. So in order to dissipate heat, you'd have to keep taking your phone out of its case, do, having the slightly farther char- faster charging, and then putting the phone back in its case over and over again through the day. So I don't think that's a nice, nice th- physics theory, Malcolm. I don't think it's a practical solution. Yeah, secondly, regarding Google Photos upload delays, he says, what you're seeing is a result of what some developers are calling Google's war on background processing. Very long story short, in in the latest Android versions, background processes are only guaranteed to run on a timely basis if there is a foreground process. This means either the main app is currently on screen and in use or that a service has been designated as foreground, meaning that it has to show an ongoing notification to the user. As far as I know, Google Photos doesn't set itself up as a foreground service, which very unhelpfully, which means that if you aren't actively using the app, the background uploads can and are deferred to the next convenient slot for Android OS. It might be different for Pixels, he says, where Google Photos is the default gallery app um, and has um, elevated system privileges. But on non-Pixel devices, G-Photos is just a third-party app and subject to the same background restrictions as other apps. Really interesting slight development on what we were talking about probably a couple of years ago when we were all cursing Google and others for, for doing this kind of throttling thing. Yeah, and of course, it changes from one version of Android to the other as Google gradually clamps yeah. down on this stuff. And I, But it it makes sense. But I can live with it on Android or, I, or iOS if it means significantly better battery life because all the other apps have to conform to the same rules. So just because Google Photos has to conform to some rules, if that also means that apps A, B, C and D from third parties also have to do that to save battery life, then I think I'd rather have the battery life. Depends what it is. I, I mean, you, you, you're you're supporting the Apple kind of argument now. From when, when we spoke about this a couple of years <laughs> ago, we, we, but this is where it started. Was that with an Apple with an iPhone, um, you didn't get the same service of uploading photographs in the background because yeah. Apple shut it down. Um, iOS shut it down, and we were con- complaining about that. But obviously, you're used to Apple's devices now, and so you're kind of probably thinking that's okay. Whereas I actually want this to be going all up all the time. And if you've got a device that's got a good battery anyway, then it doesn't yeah, yeah, matter, yeah. does it? No, I, I'm with you. And obviously, I'd rather Google Photos and OneDrive, for example. They both were auto-uploading all the time, regardless of you know whether how long it was since I last opened each app. But that's not that's not where we are. And no. in in the everyone copies Apple world, people are going towards things being shut down in the background. Yeah, but yeah. my point is. If we are actually all benefiting with longer battery life because of all of these steps, version by version, so maybe we should just shut up and accept that we have to open Google Photos once a day? Do as you're told. <laughs> I did have cause to, <laughs> A, um, use the Pixel 7 Unblur this week, which is something that they launched with the Pixel oh, 7 yeah. series, and also had the chance to put some cute puppy photographs in the show notes for you guys. We had uh, our incoming in the New Year puppy. Don't ask the details snapped by the current owner who is great with dogs but absolutely useless with camera phones so she sent a photograph blurry photograph of a puppy i thought ah right i'll use the google 7 um, and 7 pro um, unblur in google photos so i've run the puppy photograph through the filter so aiden do you think it makes much of a difference or does it make it too artificial for you i think yes to both of those questions 
it does make a difference. I think the problem is with any of these AI intelligent softwares. Um, I mean, I have on my computer, I have Topaz Labs. I've just inherited some AI software, which I haven't really got around to experimenting with to work with Photoshop. But the little experimentation I have done, again, it's it's yes to both of those answers. It does make things clearer and easier to understand and to evaluate. But it does take away some of the realism because you can sort yeah. of see in inverted commas that the trickery has gone on. Yeah, uh, it has to be done by degree. I think that's the point. You have to you can't just expect it. If, if it all happens automatically, as I think in this, this case, I would I would want some I would want some ability to actually control what's going on. So I can decide I'd like a little bit of this and a little bit less of that. I think you can c- control the degree of unblur. There's a slider. And to be fair, this was so blurred. I, I cranked it to 100 <laughs> yes. percent. But, but yes, you can adjust that, which is good. Ted, Ted, any comments on the unblur? Just disappointment really i don't think it's very good at all um maybe that's just a really bad example of that particular photograph but i just don't think that does the the job i have been playing about with the pixel 7 um blurring and unblurring thing this week and um you you can get some very good effects and you can rescue some photographs this just doesn't seem to be one of the ones that is done very well with the best part of it actually is probably the writing on the person's um piece of clothing on the left where the, 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 the edges of the letters have become yeah. more clear. But the dog itself are just, there's very little difference, I don't think. Maybe the catch lights in the eyes are a bit better, but yeah, not You really just good. don't like puppies, do you, Ted? That's what no, it is. No, no. Do, do you not agree with me, though, Poor Ted? people. <laughs> Much as it's <laughs> improved, it does still look, uh, it now starts to look a little artificial. You can't yeah, yeah. look at that image and say, oh, that's as it was taken. Yeah, yeah, because um, because it's all to do with sharpening. Well, Steve, you'll know about this. It's yeah. sharpening of edges and stuff that that just makes it look, as you say, um, not like the eye sees it. Yeah. yeah, in theory, it takes its own database of what puppies should look like and then t- takes the ideal and takes your photograph and tries to reconcile the two and, yes, add sharpening. I think it's early days, though. I think Google's AI, AI will get better. And most of all, Ted, I'd like to see Unblur in Google Photos server-side for everybody, just as part of Google Photos. OK, hide it behind the Google One package, the thing that you and I subscribe to and pay for. Yeah. And that gives us extra functions. But hide it behind that, like behind a slight paywall. But I want to see it for everyone. Yeah. Talking of Google Pixels, you've got feature drop news, Ted. Yeah, yeah. This week, the December drop came along for Pixels, and um, we've got a number of things, some of them interesting, some of them not. VPN is available to Google One users again, only for the 7 and 7 Pro, though, and we had a discussion about the pros and cons of that. Um, They are um, applying labels to recordings in the Recorder app, which is kind of interesting. I haven't actually tried that yet because it's not rolled out to me. How does it do it? Does it... I mean, it, I can understand it might say voice one is saying this and voice two is saying that. But presumably yeah. at some point you have to step in and say voice one is dad. Voice, yeah, yeah. voice two is the postman. You do. I think you can assign labels. Um, as I say, I've not actually used it yet because it's not um, it, it doesn't seem to have arrived for me. Okay. But yes, I, I do believe that you can label them and name them. I don't think Google is smart enough yet <laughs> to know who is who. <laughs> Um, spatial audio is coming on Pixel 6, 6 Pro, 7 and 7 Pro in January with um, Buds Pro or wired headphones, insert, inverted commas. There, there seems to be some not very clear rules about what's going to work and what isn't going to work. So we'll see in January if that's good and if it's any um, use and worth waiting for. 
There's 77 bug fixes. There's a list I'll link to in the show notes for anyone that wants to trail through them. Clear coiling, calling is a noise reduction system on telephone calls. So if you're standing in a train station, then if you've got a 7 or 7 Pro again, the Tensor 2 chip is going to be making that work like a pair of noise reduction headphones, yeah. I guess, and um, and stop the noise coming through so you'll have a clearer call with the person. You can now keep Wi-Fi on in an airplane because um, our, our seasoned traveller, Aidan, tells me that um, when you've got an airplane, you've got to turn it off. <laughs> But now you can on a on a Pixel Seven or Seven Pro, you can leave it on. Is that right? Yeah, it's really useful because. Um, but previously, you'd have to live, I assume, without Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And apparently, you can now use Bluetooth for your headphones and Wi-Fi to access internet, the plane's internet. So it's it, you're it's, it's good to go really in the air as you are on the ground. Apart from the fact you right. can't make cellular calls. Okay, that's good then. Um, new wallpapers for the International Day of People with, with Disabilities called Live Bloom, and they're very pretty and nice, worth a look. Macro mode in 7 Pro camera. Now, I don't think this is actually part of the feature drop. I think it came afterwards, and it was an upgrade to the camera app. I don't know if you've had time on the 7 Pro yet, Steve, to test this, have you? Have you? I don't think it's arrived. I will check okay. the Play Store after the podcast, and I shall report back. Okay, there's some Fitbit sleep profile stuff going on, um, snore detection, um, clock well-being <laughs> stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. Digital keys, digital car keys that lets you share your car key with other people. So um, if you've got a, a husband and wife situation or whatever, then you could both unlock the car with your separate phones and not just with one phone tied to the system. So I, as usual with feature drops, They'll be useful for some people, not for others. But it's good to see them still doing this stuff and Google rolling out changes and um, interesting stuff. And I was doing a YouTube short this very afternoon, just really emphasising how fantastic the Zoom is on the Pixel 7 Pro camera, which I know won't interest you terrifically. No, no, I saw it, yeah. yeah. But yeah, 15 times, 20 times, even 30 times Zoom is usable. And I think it's way better than on the Samsung, which has a 10 times periscope. Because Google software and the, and their super resume algorithms are just so so good this year, so I'm I almost really tempted to, almost tempted to switch the Seven Pro purely on that Periscope telephoto. It's just fabulous, a really really good feature. I was really impressed with that when I saw your short this afternoon, and the, the when you got to thirty times, I couldn't believe that those yeah. rivets, as you say, and the, and the and the the windscreen wiper that you could just see so well. Um, and that's the kind of feature that makes um, a, a camera in a phone useful and special, I think, contrary to all the aforementioned that I've said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if you were out, you know, if you were a bird spotter or a squirrel squat- spotter, or a, a squirrel squatter, a squirrel, <laughs> squirrel spotter, I mean, it would be fabulous because you would be able to photograph them from 30, 40 yards away and you'd still get a decent shot and you wouldn't disturb the wildlife. So. Yeah, really good yep. for Twitchers. Very good. Yep, very good indeed. Talking of what I've been up to, I did do a top five phones for Christmas, as I do every year, this time in shorts form. So I had to fit, fit it all into 58 seconds, which was a bit of a challenge, <laughs> in reverse order. <laughs> Number five, Fairphone 3 Plus. And I did check, by the way, gentle listener, and Fairphone, they still sell all the original 3 and 3 Plus parts, and they're all still in stock. So well done them, and of course still support for another couple of years. Um, number four, Pixel 7 Pro, just mentioned, is the largest phone in my top five. Number three, the Moto Edge 30 Neo, on based, based almost entirely on Ted's recommendations, but I've been so impressed by what you've been saying about it, I couldn't resist putting it in. 
Absolutely brilliant. I'm pleased that that's made your top five because it is special. And I yeah. don't, I really don't know why it hasn't got, um, more traction. Um, I did have a theory about the fact that it's called Neo, which suggests it's a light version or a dumbed down version. I, my, my theory was that if they'd called it Mini instead of Neo, then <laughs> it would, it would have followed the kind of iPhone thing and, and they probably would have sold an awful lot more of them. It's a cracking little phone. Anyway, yeah. do carry on. You had me at brilliant display, Qi charging at that price and brilliant speakers. I mean, it's, it's yeah. win-win-win for me, yeah. Yeah. And number two, the Sony Xperia 5 Mark IV. I mean, the 1 Mark IV, it is, it is big, it is long, and the 5 Mark IV basically has the same features with less weight and less size. So I think what's not to like. Indeed. Yeah, you love yours. And uh, number one, I put I've got the Apple iPhone 14 Pro. Not my Pro Max, because my Pro Max really is like a, a laptop in your pocket. It's so big and heavy. But the, the, the smaller version, which I know our friend James Honeyball's got and I've played with, it's just the right size, just the right weight, and it's got uh, almost exactly the same feature set. So iPhone 14 Pro, and that is my five. Um, number five was, is always a deliberately quirky lateral thinking choice, but the rest, I think, are fairly unsurprising to anyone who's been following PSC over the last six months. So the devices we've mentioned numerous times and chatted about on numerous podcasts. Maybe, Ted, you can, I don't know, maybe do your own top five sometime before Christmas for fun. Yeah, I- I did actually mean to do it before the show today, but I I didn't get round to it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to see um the Fairphone still in there. Be interesting to know if they've now upped the stock of Fairphone four parts because the last time I looked at that, they really didn't have that many. Um, so I, I shall have a look at that and um see how we go. But yeah, it's always interesting to do a top five, even if you're on one can't be too clinical about the criteria. Indeed, indeed. Now, Mr. Aidan Bell, you have been historically based around little plastic keys, and I'd like to talk about why you're so attracted to little plastic keys and and also your thought processes of why you're now looking beyond. So where do you want to start in this story? Uh, Well, I suppose to start the first question, to which I don't really know the answer. Why am I obsessed with QWERTY keyboards? I don't really know. I've never been a fan of mini anything. I don't like this. Oh, technology is wonderful. We can now make everything as small as possible. I think the human hand is a certain size. I mean, I know you've discussed this on the show many, many times. I remember famously the Dell Streak with its five-inch screen coming out and you saying, (laughs) this is not a phone. It's too big. And and now look where we are. But um, I've never liked small things. So I've never liked the idea of, of, if you're talking about a keyboard, trying to squeeze a typewriter into a tiny, tiny little space. Um, I was very envious of the Nokia communicator. I lived in Vienna during the 90s. Um, I was just approaching 30 at that time. And I had a I had a Motorola Microtac. That was my first ever phone. It was actually so expensive. We had to lease it. I didn't buy it. I had it on <laughs> fire. And I like that very much. Sort of, it was very sort of Star trek with the little flip that you pull down at the beginning to make calls. And at the end of the call, you flip it back up again. Very Star Trek-esque. And I enjoyed having a phone, but I was very envious of a friend who had a communicator during the, the end of the, the late, late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Um, and I then progressed to a sharp Zaurus, which I got in 2000. Which, which I would call a PDA, really. Yes, right? it is. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say it's yeah. not a phone. I mean, there was no phone involved. Yeah. It was purely a PDA. So I had a I had a two device setup, and I remember very famously one day I had my Microtech on the top of the Zaurus, and the Microtech rang and completely wiped the Zaurus because <laughs> technology was not as good then as it is now, and I lost everything in one phone call. Um, so yeah, I, I was a, 
and I just always, always enjoyed having a device. It's very odd that I never took to Scion. I'm surprised that Scion passed me by. My father had a Scion, but I never did. Um, I went from Sharp Zarus through various other phones, but I think it was really probably the Zarus and having that first PDA that, that just cemented my love affair with the physical QWERTY keyboard. And I followed that. Uh, in 2002 with do you remember the o2 xda exec it was called uh, yeah. it was made by o2 i believe the company by, by htc yeah by htc yeah, uh, yeah. branded for o2 yeah, yeah. and it was called an xda and it was a wonderful little it was a, basically a clamshell phone but the the top screen could actually rotate right i think through 180 degrees you could actually flip it all the way around yeah, and then yeah. close it again so that the screen was on the outside so that again was a second qwerty phone that i enjoyed it wasn't a dreadfully good phone but i enjoyed playing with it and then of course came the nokia e90 and the world changed forever yeah <laughs> um the, the the most the the best phone i've ever had i've i've never enjoyed a phone as much as the nokia e90 and i i guess i never will uh, a classic phone 2007 it came out i was i remember that's when i first discovered mr steve litchfield as well I remember writing to you, Steve. I think it must have been an old-fashioned letter in those days. I don't know, maybe an email <laughs> asking you, you know, I think it was towards the end of the life of the E90. Is anything else going to come out with a QWERTY keyboard? Because I was already worried. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, uh, because, the Nokia E90, of course, you can also use it as a DIY tool to knock nails in with. So it's, Absolutely. I mean, that was the thing. You could throw it across the room and you'd be more likely to damage the wall than the phone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really was a wonderful. And that's the other thing. As I said, I don't like small. I, I love a brick. Even now, even as we go forward to talk about what I might want to, to have now, I, I'm very, very happy with a brick. You know, you and I have found each other soul brothers with um, uh, well, belt cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm very happy to put a brick of a phone in my belt case. That's not a problem for me. But I followed the Nokia. I then did actually come away from keyboards because there weren't any. I had the Dell Streak that I've just mentioned in 2010. Ted was a huge Dell Streak fan, weren't you, back in the day? I was, and I've still got one, thanks to <laughs> some, somebody sending one in for us to have in the kind of archive. Um, but you're right. We saw it at the time, Maiden. It was just huge. And I look at it now. It's in my drawer here. We thought this was big. I know. That's the funny thing. You look at it now and you go, that's not a big phone. Yeah. Um, and then, in fact, now, actually, Ted, I think, Steve, knows my history better than I do after the Dell Street, because you reminded me, Ted, that I went through a, uh, at least one or two Samsung Notes after um, the Dell Street, didn't I? I mean, as you, far as I remember, you had a um, Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus, and the, the only reason I know that is because you sold it to me. I sold it to you, and then, I, and then about twenty-four hours yeah. later, I sold it on again. <laughs> I should say, gentle listener, I'm afraid I have a shocking memory, and <laughs> if it didn't happen yesterday, I have trouble remembering the details. But thank you, as Ted points out. I went from Galaxy Notes and I then moved to the Gemini. I mean, that takes us almost up to date. I went through at least one or two Galaxy Notes and then was again delighted. And my world changed again, only not as much as with the E90, when Planet Computers arrived on the scene and had their um, GoFundMe startup um, kickstart campaign for the Gemini back in 2017. And the interesting thing here is that that famously has the exact same Scion Series 5 full mechanical that, keyboard right. which, which you didn't use back in the day so you were discovering that keyboard for the first time for the first time yes because they they brought martin ridderford from R scion didn't they yeah, and yeah. they said how do you like to work for us and make a keyboard and of course he jumped at the chance and did yes indeed and i mean 
with the with the Gemini and then there's Dell Streak and even the um the Astro Slide, which I've sadly rejected, the keyboard is just wonderful. Uh, you know, it's absolutely the USP of this thing. They 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 found a niche in the market and they filled it. They made this wonderful little device called a Gemini, which is in a, in essence a tiny tiny laptop. It's a clamshell device and it really does look like a laptop that's been shrunk down uh, to about I don't know six inches across or so. And I I love it. I fell in love with the with the Gemini. I used it passionately until they brought out their second device, the Cosmo, yep. in 2019. And I was almost front of the queue to get that one. Uh, and again, it was a Kickstarter campaign. All three of their devices have been Kickstarter campaigns. And that there were some delays on the Cosmo. And I, I think it was at least a year's wait for it. But again, I was delighted when it came out and have essentially been using the Cosmo ever since I'm on, I think my third or possibly even fourth iteration now, but I have been using nothing but a Cosmo since 2019. And that's really why I'm on the show today because I'm just beginning to wane of this love affair I'm having with planet computers, which I'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. So we should just remind people that you, although you got the Astro slide in last time you're on the show, you gave us, the chapter and verse of the reasons why you didn't like it and why you're going back to the Cosmos. So, gentle listener, do go back in our archives and you will find Aidan talking for the best part of an hour all about what was wrong with the Astro <laughs> slide. But, yeah, so so what what is currently dimming for you in terms of the Cosmo and your day-to-day use? Where is it all going wrong? And, you know, give us the details. You know, it's, it's, it's lovely to be brand loyal. And I felt very brand loyal to planet computers since the gemini came out but i'm sorry to say that of course again i, I spoke for a long time about the astro slide which basically the keyboard was a delight but i just couldn't get on with that hinge at all yeah, and i just yeah. couldn't cope with um so i went back to the cosmo and i've just it's getting old the cosmo is getting old the it constantly loses its Wi-Fi connection for mystery reasons I can't find out. I'm having to reconnect to the Wi-Fi multiple times a day. The quality of the phone itself when I get a call, which is rare, luckily, is shocking. Uh, notification settings within apps. I mean, Ted, bless him. You, you, you have a go at me, Ted, don't you? Because you, you send me a chat message on Google and I don't respond for 24 hours <laughs> because my phone just refuses to accept that it has to notify me when messages come in. Um, there's a weird sensor I've now discovered. I've taken lately to using WhatsApp voice messages with colleagues, which I find very convenient. But if I'm listening to a WhatsApp voice message and I put my phone down, it stops because there's some sensor here that seems to be picking up something. As soon as I put the phone down, the message stops. Lots and lots of little niggly bugs like that. Any one of which, yes, I could spend an afternoon working through and talking to colleagues and looking on YouTube and find out how to fix it. But they're just becoming more and more multivarious and annoying. And I'm realizing that I'm using what is it now, a three, four year old phone that wasn't really a terribly good phone in the first place. (laughs) And I was just too bowled over by the keyboard to really accept that. Okay, so where are you looking first? Take us through the the three or four options you've gone through and. Either rejected or succeeded with. Yeah, well, as I say, the Astro Slide. I think I, you know, to be to give credit to Planet Computers, although it's taken an age, and there are still people waiting for their Astro Slides, which I think is unforgivable. But um, it's a it's a good phone. I'm I'm quite happy to concede that the Astro Slide is probably twice the phone the Cosmo ever was, and has that wonderful keyboard. But it has a dreadful hinge, a horrible hinge, which I think, given that I open and close my phone 
at least 50 times a day, maybe double that. I know that if I owned a, an Astro Slide, it would be broken within a month. So I had the Astro Slide for two days and sent it back for another for an exchange Cosmo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Warner, friend of this podcast, very kindly lent me his F Tech Pro One. Well, actually, my F Tech Pro One, but it's long term loan to Michael. But yeah, <laughs> well, thank you, Michael. Kindly lent me Steve Litchfield's F Tech One, which again I kept for about three minutes before I put it back in the box. No disrespect to either Michael or yourself, Steve, but um, again, it seemed like a very nice, decent little phone. But the keyboard was just absolutely shocking. Yeah. I mean, especially coming on after um, after the Martin Ridderford Wonder Keyboard. I mean, I just couldn't even start with the FTech Pro keyboard, so that had to go back. Okay, I did say I told you so. By the way, I've been saying that it was a great phone with a rubbish yeah, keyboard I for a long wanted, time. I wanted, I wanted it yeah. to be right, yeah. but it just wasn't. And the yeah. other thing is, I have to sadly, without even trying them, reject all the Blackberries. And the Unihertz Titan, which I looked at because somebody kindly in PSC suggested I might get on with that, because I think you have to be a lemur with tiny, tiny hands to operate these things. You know, a keyboard, I want to use at least with two fingers, if not more, if I'm capable of doing it, not just thumbs. I don't want a thumb keyboard. That to me is not a keyboard. So I've really reached the conclusion that there isn't anything. At this moment in time, unless anybody can prove me wrong, I don't believe there is an alternative QWERTY keyboard phone out there. And therefore, because my love affair with the Cosmo is coming to a to an end, I've got to find something else. So I've started looking to see what other phones there are that could possibly emulate that lovely clamshell laptop um, that I've become so used to, because I think going back to a normal, in inverted commas, phone that, where the keyboard just pops up, although the you know 99% of the world cope with those, I just don't think I could. You kicked us off or kicked me off on a, a whole saga of trying to work on the Surface Duo 2's laptop mode, which is where you, you have this hinged device where the, you put it so that it's the hinge is horizontal the, the, the right-hand screen becomes your laptop screen in front of you, and the left-hand screen becomes your keyboard laying on the desk or table or whatever. And then in, when you're entering text, the bottom screen becomes a full-screen keyboard, or as near as damn it. We may come to that later on. But it kind of worked. I think it'll feel very odd to you going to a glass software keyboard, albeit the same size, going from physical plastic keys. But it could work. Well, this is the thing. And simultaneously, actually, Ted was very kind and suggested to me the Samsung, didn't you, Ted? The the, the Z Fold series mm. uh, that I might look at. So I've been I've been watching and and you, uh, videos and comparisons on YouTube between the Samsung Z and the Surface Duo. Of course, the main difference being that the Samsung is a single screen that folds, and the Surface Duo is two screens which complement each other. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, we had another one thrown into mix, which is Honor have brought out a phone, the Honor Magic. I don't even know if it's out yet. I think it's imminent, isn't it? The VS, yeah. The VS, which I believe is basically an, a Z Fold, um, a cheaper version, if you will, of yeah. the Z Fold or an alternative to. So there's that's a third in there to look at. Um, but yes, Steve, this is the problem. I think even if Father Christmas just dropped one down the chimney for me in two weeks' time, I just... I don't know whether I'd get on with it like that. I think I've really got to have a hands-on with one of them and see whether, as you say, a pretend inverted commas QWERTY keyboard is going to work for me in the same way that a real one does. Yeah, you did say in the show notes, you said, what can you tell me about the LG V60? Because that's a similar idea. Well, that's another idea. one I found, yeah. yes, yes. But um, 
it there you've got a standard clamshell no, standard candy bar phone with a dual screen accessory which has an entire matching screen and a kind of wrap around um fabric hinge so the phone sits inside the right hand side of the case the left hand side of the case is the extra screen but the thing is when you've got the two screens and presumably you could set one up as a keyboard and you fold it over so it's closed it's as thick if not thicker to that astro slide in the pocket and i know you, you at least had the astro slide for long enough to appreciate the size mm -hmm. of it even compared to your cosmo yeah that, but again uh, bizarrely that doesn't worry me too much um you know i mean on a tangent i remember when, with my sound studio when i wanted a dat recording and digital audio tape and i wanted one to put in my studio and i was so furious because they were all so tiny now and everybody said nobody wants a big <laughs> dat machine. and i said i do um yeah i'm just weird like that i would happily put uh, the, the lg in my pocket i think but um yeah the only thing that really appealed to me about the lg is of course it's 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 a quarter of the price of any of the others yeah, um, yeah. well you can I get mean, the original seems... surface duo now for about 300 pound because it was the, right. the the older version and um and also le less capable so that's quite cheap whereas the samsung yeah. z fold series and mag on a magic car i'm guessing a thousand pounds plus still yeah yeah well i think the two points for me and the second you can advise me on the first is that i think i really would need to go with something like either the galaxy fold or the honor magic v i don't think the surface duo is going to work for me i just the, the, the screen sizing is also is a little odd um but the second point which i'd like advice on is do i buy second hand i mean folding phones have been in contention for so long now should one buy a second hand folding phone that somebody else has already folded a couple of thousand times before you get it well you can guess my answer any thoughts ted before i leap in <laughs> i think it very much depends if you buy it from our lovely crowd in mewe in yeah, our classifieds yeah. then you you will have a feel for the person yes um, and you, you'll have a level of honesty that you wouldn't you may not get in e going blind to ebay or something or buying from a shop or yes. somewhere else um so i think it depends on that very much and, and you how honest you can get a device um uh appraised but i i, I think steve's view will be that the folding screens are untrustworthy and I've had the Flip 3 here now for a while. Now, I know that it's not been my daily use number one phone all that time, but it's no different in terms of the 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 screen fold than it was when I the day I got it frankly and I bought and I bought that used as well from a trusted person on MeWe um and I think that it's worth considering but I certainly wouldn't go to you know um CEX or something yes, to buy yes. one yeah I did, truth, I, did, <laughs> I did try well I've tried the Z Fold series several times off and on over the last three years when I was with Matt Miller a friend of the podcast he I had a good hour with it with him trying to get it to work exactly as you're describing as a Nokia communicator like device oh, with the yes. with the bottom with the the bottom half of the folded screen as a QWERTY keyboard the top half as my laptop screen and I tried typing and I I didn't get on with it. I found it too, too shallow. I.e., the distance from the top to the bottom wasn't wasn't enough, and that's why I've, I again go back to the Surface Duo Duo Two because they, they the screens are wide enough that the, when you expand the keyboard to fill the full bottom screen, it's actually a decent sized keyboard. Whereas you don't mm. get that with the Z Fold series because they're tall and narrow. Yeah, I you know 
as I've thought about it over the recent days and days and talking to you two now, I really wonder if I ought to just slap myself around the face and buy a just the, the biggest brick I can find of a regular phone and just learn to use a key, learn to use a phone like the rest of the world. I mean, would you think that would be a more sensible direction for someone like me to go in than to simply stubbornly say, I want a keyboard and I won't be defeated in this. Perhaps I should be defeated in this and I should learn to live in the 21st century. We can always go down the road of holding keyboards, which has been a topic that Steve's been looking at this week, actually. Um, And if you've got a a folded keyboard in your pocket at all times, if you really needed to do something, particularly if you had a case with a phone that's got a stand on the back, Mm. you could just quickly whip it out, put the stand up, um, and unfold your keyboard and away you go. Yeah. So I, I, there are just so many options these yeah. days. I think it, it comes down to habit and muscle memory, doesn't it? I mean, you know, my habit is I sit up in bed with sit on the sit with a back against a pillow and I open my phone and I just use it like a baby laptop. But I, you know, does that mean I have to be doing that until the day I die? No, it doesn't. Perhaps it is time to just oh, start a new page and, and, and see what's out there and what phones I, you know, maybe could have been enjoying and haven't been for the last four years and should maybe start to enjoy now. I think if you got really used to thumb typing with all the modern smarts and AI correction of iPhones and Android phones on a fairly large screen phone, so they had plenty of room, so it wasn't too BlackBerry-like, yes. I think you get on better than you think. I think I, I can type faster on my smartphones now with the software keyboard than i can on most bluetooth keyboards including the one i'm about to talk about so it's amazing how much the smarts because for example you're typing a long word on a software keyboard android or ios and it actually comes out as r u g h j g it's a complete gibberish yes you know what you're meant to type and the software can literally think oh he's done that he probably meant the word um, therefore, and it puts in the yes. word therefore, which is what you meant. And you think that is magic. That is absolute magic. It's, 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 even now with things like Google Docs on a proper laptop, it's auto-correcting your spelling as it's going. But on smartphones these days, it really is taken to another level. So I think you just have to try both solutions. You have to try yes. a large screened phone with the autocorrect keyboard like Gboard or SwiftKey, and then also try a Bluetooth keyboard or some other keyboard solution. Um, and yes. also... You know, trying something fold like, duo like, or beg or borrow or steal one, and don't steal one. Beg or borrow one. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And just you have to try each of those solutions for a couple of hours, and then one will leap out as the the solution for you. I think you're right. I think you're right. That's very wise. I think hands on with all possibilities. But I think you make an excellent point, Ted. That if I got myself a nice little portable Bluetooth keyboard that I can just use as and when if I wanted to. I mean, for instance, Steve, the, the, the Pixel Seven number four in your list of your christmas best that's a 6.7 screen so that might that might do me the and pixel I'm sure se- that- yeah the pixel 7 pro is slightly larger but of course it's more expensive but you could probably go back a a generation um yes to the pixel 6 pro ted is i'm sure you can get now for three four hundred pounds and that's got just as large a screen with almost as long support and would be a very good starting point for someone like aiden yeah, which which leads us back into what I was saying about folding keyboards, really, because yeah, yeah. You, you've been exploring that this week. And I think, Aidan, you've you put some stuff in the show notes here. If you scroll down, Aidan, you'll see. Yes. Um, it, I, I think that given 
whatever the phone is, really, whether it's a year-old Pixel 6 Pro or whatever it is, you can get bigger phones. If you want screens that are big, you can get them if you, you want to. And a lot of the time, they're cheaper um, in Android land than they would be in anywhere else. Yes. Um, the other question I've got for you, which is going back a step or two, is that um, you, you can also ask yourself if it needs to be a phone. So if it doesn't need to be a phone, we don't need to be cellular, then other options might open up to you as well. So some things to think about. Oh, I go back to my Zaurus and what's it? What the Motorola exactly. days. Yes. Exactly. So there might be other options. But yeah. Well, Steve, Steve I'll have to wear two belt cases then. <laughs> <laughs> if you look in the show notes, guys, follow my cursor and you'll find I actually photographed the Surface Duo 2 folded with yes. my Microsoft foldable universal keyboard folded they're not dissimilar sizes it's just the photo makes the look the bottom one look larger but it's not that much larger and then below it duo 2 opened out and the microsoft folding keyboard opened out and they are actually completely full-size keys as if you're working on a laptop or a desktop keyboard and then on the top you can have whichever the phone of your choice presumably in landscape mode in google docs or whichever program you want to use and type away as if you're on a laptop and and yet the whole both devices, either the phone would fit in a belt case, and that keyboard folds up and slides in more or less any pocket in a jacket or a coat. Yes, open mind. I think that's what you've uh, given me today, guys. So thank you. I think I've just got to have an open mind and be prepared to consider all possibilities and just see which one speaks to me the most. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll, Ted will hopefully put a link to this uh, Microsoft folding keyboard of the show it's notes. It's really ca- nice, isn't it? I want one, but they're, they're discontinued, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah, that's the catch I had to buy secondhand on eBay, but it, it was brand new on eBay, so there are, they are there if you want them. You just can't mm-hmm. buy them from Amazon. Oh, I see. You've recommended me something that if I get excited <laughs> about, I can't buy one. <laughs> well, I'll sell you mine for £200. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, Ted, you did put in the show notes, just before we leave this, so your own mobile setup in case you had to go anywhere ever again. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, I, my little setup involves my Samsung Galaxy tablet and a Logitech um, K380 keyboard, which is not folding, I'll grant you. So that needs to be carried in a, a bag or a case. And a Logitech uh, Pop um, mouse, a little yellow thing, which is really cute. And they just work brilliantly well for um, traveling or anyone that wants, you know, as long as you can get out onto a table, like on a, on a train, buffet car or whatever it is, yes. get the stuff out. And that tablet, you see... The, Going back to Aiden's um, quest, you don't want a tablet that big, but instead of a phone, you might want a, a much smaller tablet, but actually a, a screen that will give you much more real estate than any phone would. So there are options for you, and there are lots of ways in which you can play it, as you say. Also Fantastic. in the show notes, Aiden, I know you can see, I mentioned it because you're on the call and you can see the photos. I, again, I was playing with Gboard, which Ted put me onto on the yes. surface to a range and it's brilliant ted it's almost by default gboard oh, fills, up, fills yeah. up about two-thirds of the bottom screen with the keyboard and then there's you can this desktop kind of shows through an inch of desktop which you can kind of improve by making the desktop black but it still looks a bit naff but thankfully you had a tip about set, a setting um you can turn in gboard in its own internal settings you can change it to quote extra tall which gets you nearly there and then what was the final tip to make me fill the bottom screen completely? Well, the final tip is that to have the, um, the, the the zoom and the font settings on the device itself set to what I had, which was large and large. And then I found that the Gboard um, also set to extra tall 
then fills up the whole thing, which is, I think, is what you were, were lacking on, on yours because you tried it, didn't you? Yeah, and I have successfully got there. I didn't need to set the yeah. font. The font can stay on normal, but you're right. quite right. Display size set to large on the Surface Duo, Duo 2, and Gboard set to extra tall. Both of those together <laughs> fill the lower screen, and you've then got a literal laptop experience, which is yeah. cl- as close as you're going to get, Aidan. There we are. But also, how nice to be in a world where you have too much real estate and you're trying to find out how to fill it. I like that. Yes. Anyway, that's part of my experiments for the, for this week. Ted, I know Aidan and I have a lot, had a lot to say. What, what have you been playing with this week and what have you written up? Mostly my um, um, Pixel 7 experience. I've, I've written up a, a, a kind of my thoughts thing on my blog. So I'll link to that in the in the show notes. I did put a very negative post up in MeWe this week about my initial experiences with the Pixel 7, and I just feel a bit kind of underwhelmed by it, really. Um, It doesn't feel that much different to last year's Pixel 6, for one thing. I know it's a smaller version, and if I'd had the 30 times zoom of the 7 Pro, I I don't know. Maybe I would have been more interested in this, because that is a, a, a killer feature, if you like. I wouldn't like the size of it. It's a big phone. Yeah. Um, e- even the Pixel Seven is a big is a, is too big for me. Really, it's a little bit bigger than the um, than the um, the Pixel Six A, which I also have here. But there are things that I just wasn't particularly impressed with it about. For example, the AMOLED panel. Um, now, to be fair, most people on most of the things that I'm about to say would be absolutely fine with this. I'm putting it up against other devices, particularly in terms of the panel, the Microsoft Edge. 30 near that we spoke about earlier and it's just so different the panel on the um the neo the motorola is just so much better than yeah. it is on the the pixel 7 um the speakers i was expecting the speakers to be good better than the 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 the, the um the neo and certainly better than last year's range of pixel devices but it's not the stereo speakers i mean yes they're loud and they're decent enough but they're not as good they're not even as good as the last year's Pixel A, or I should say earlier this year's Pixel A, uh, sorry, 6A. These speakers from that, I think I said last week in passing yeah. that, that they are they are better. Um, there are compromises all the way down the line with running a Pixel, as we know. Some of them people will live with, some uh, are too annoying to live with, like HDMI out, for example, which is big for me. Um, it's just annoying. Having said all that, for someone that's going to go in for all the clever stuff that 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 Google are doing with the with the camera, particularly, and the smart stuff that's going on, and the, the you, you, I mean, all of the stuff that we we there's, there's been more spoken about this week with regards to the rollout of the um, the feature uh, drop, so that there's more coming along. But but if you're going to focus in on the good things that, that, that Android does with Pixel uh, phones, then you'll have a great time with a Pixel, like the always-on display stuff, like the now-playing um, service, which is not matched, I don't care what anyone says, anywhere else. Um, like all the transcription service, which Aiden would absolutely love, um, it just all works really, really well. It's a it's a tremendously capable device. The question that I posed myself, though, in um, working my way through this during the week was if I was having to buy one myself and not use a, a Google PR unit at the moment, yeah. um, would I be pay, would I be paying six hundred quid for one or 
actually is the Pixel 6a um, at 300 quid now, less than 300 quid, um, a, a, a good alternative. And my view is that if you if you lay aside the Motorola, low Motorola that I'm um, wowing about at the moment, the Pixel 6a is tremendous value for money. And I think that rather than pay 600 quid for the Pixel 7, I would probably pick the 6a, even though I do accept that some things are Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro only in terms of the Pixel experience. So it depends very much, I think, on overall on where you value where your money's going. But in terms of Pixel or not Pixel, it also depends on whether you're prepared to live with those compromises, the things that are not so great that you will get on other services, um, sorry, other OEMs, um, much more interesting bells and whistles going on all over the place, particularly with the likes of Samsung and Xiaomi um, and, and others. Or do you want to kind of be next to the beating heart of Google and, and warts and all live with what they're doing and what they're good at? So, um, that was my kind of overall summary in a few sentences. Um, click through to the, the link in the show notes if you want to read um, up everything I said about everything as I drilled down. But, um, yeah, kind of a bit underwhelmed, really. Yes, I would say apart from the extraordinary zoom camera on the 7 Pro uh, aforementioned, the pixels, they kind of crystallize in my mind as something you can recommend to other people, which sounds as if it's dissing it a bit, but it's not. It's saying they're fabulous smartphones that will last you four or five years with full support, which you can completely recommend, especially buying a you know, a one-year-old Pixel 5 or Pixel 6, for example, at you know, 200, 250 pounds. You think, well, that's incredible to have that phone with all the Google Smarts, or most of them, and still supported for that long. You'd love to be able to recommend your wonderful Motorola Edge 30 Neo, but if you need to know that they're going to drop update support in, what, 18 months or so, and yeah. if the person you recommend it to will be left kind of high and dry. So I know if it was your money, you would just go with the Moto and be done with it and really enjoy it. But if you're thinking about someone else and recommendations and verdicts and ratings, then the Pixels do stand up long term. They're just not that exciting in yeah. terms of hardware and experience in the short term. Yeah, absolutely. And if you were re- recommending something for Aiden, for example, um, with that, <laughs> which we are, <laughs> so, some, 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 someone who is more, much more likely to not be onto the next phone in three months' time, but want to keep it longer term, yeah. and it and it worked really well for him. I think that that would be a good shout for someone such as Aiden, um, definitely. I think a Pixel Six Pro, Aiden, which you can now mm-hmm. pick up for. Three fifty pounds, I'm guessing. I've just been looking up, looking it up. Yes, indeed, I concur. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming, I'm becoming Pixel Six tempted as we speak. There we are. All right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what else for you, Ted? Um, Pixel, sorry, Sony Xperia Five Mark Four. Still no Android thirteen. What? We're gonna, we're gonna say this every week, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're getting as bad as as Motorola, I think. It, it's a real shame. I, I can only guess because the last update was the October security, which arrived on the 24th of October. So that's like six weeks ago and um, nothing at all in November. Um, anyway, it looks like they're just going to go straight to the December yeah, update, yeah. It, even though I check every six hours. Um, it's a bit of a waste of time. And the reason you're we're, we're, we're hassling Sony here is because the one Mark four with ostensibly the exact same internals, had Android 13 a month or so ago. So yeah, it, yeah. this is the gap between the two that's the concern here. Yeah, absolutely. And I really want to reset the device after 13 arrives <laughs> um, to to for the usual usual reasons. Anyway, 
Music Pro, um, we were testing this this week, um, you, I, and Aidan, between the three of us, um, and the bottom-firing microphone. I thought I could use it, um, well, I, I thought I would test it for use instead of my Zoom recorder, which my Zoom recorder does backup recording of my um, podcasting activities, as it does for Aidan. And I thought, you know, this fancy Music Pro app and this wonderful bit of hardware, I should be able to replace the Zoom with this. Um, so I set it up exactly as they told me to, um, and uh, saved the file. Then you and I, Steve, were fiddling around with this and not quite understanding why it was very um, low in volume. I also sent it the, the file to Aiden, and between us, we kind of worked out that something was wrong. In the end, we discovered that there's on the export WAV settings there is a volume slider, and we did that, and we 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 turned it up, and actually since then it does seem to have made it better um however um the uh, I, I don't know perhaps you between you you can say what you thought about the recording you're the two experts on audio um could it replace my zoom recorder aiden do you do you think that it would get anywhere close i not not terribly close no i mean my experience of audio is not phone audio that's of course yours and steve's domain um no comparing it to professional microphones i would say it's very good for what it is considering the diaphragm the part of the mic that actually vibrates and picks up the, the sound work pressure waves it must be you know sort of the eighth of the size of your fingernail and when you think about that then yes it's not a bad mic at all but i think in times of in terms of professional quality recording no i'm afraid I don't think it holds a candle to a Zoom. Yeah. Would you agree, um, Steve? Yeah. Well, it's good enough for me, but then my ears aren't perfect. But there is a bigger problem that, that uh, the elephant in the room overshadowing all of this, isn't there, Ted? Because there is one huge, huge caveat yes. on recording <laughs> with Music Pro on a Sony. Do tell. Which appears to be that, that, the, that they're capped at 10 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, try, try getting a Ted Salmon podcast to last 10 it's, minutes. Or, or, or a Santa <laughs> musical. Now, yes. now, now we don't know if you if you buy into the online um, four ninety nine a month tools, the audio separation, denoising, reverb stuff that Sony want to sell you. It may be that they they undo that and they allow that to happen. But I mean, ten minutes per recording. Perhaps I've got it wrong. I, but that's what it, when I, when I set it recording, it had stopped after ten minutes. Maximum allowed for a, any one recording ten minutes. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, I did notice, by the way, that Sony's, they no longer come, because I've got the 5 Mark II and the 1 Mark IV here, they no longer come with a, their own audio recording app. I, I used to use Sony's eponymous audio utility on all of my Android fo phones five years ago. Um, it was just called Sony Audio Recorder, and I you could install it from the store and use it on any Android phone, and it was wonderful. But although it's still in the store, and we'll link in the show notes, it doesn't work for Android 13. It doesn't even show in the store for Android 13. And if I found it on APK Mirror, installed it, but it just generates an error. And I think this is a huge own goal. Sony had a perfect all-purpose audio recording tool that would back up your podcast and record, you know, the sight, sound of nature or Ted Salmon for hours, <laughs> for hours. Just, just, just run, let it run, high quality, yes. no problems. And they haven't kept their own tool up to date. They've been chasing this Apple Garage Band clone thing which is good as far as it goes, but 10 minutes is ridiculous. And as you and I found, Ted, the, you could, for example, you can't pan. If you record a track, um, you can't then pan it left and right in the stereo mix. They give yeah. you a whole option. Do you want to export a stereo? You say yes. 
but what's the point in exporting stereo if all the tracks are mono? So there's clearly, I think this yeah. is version one of Music Pro, and I think they, there's serious updates. We're waiting for version two, I think. But they, but they, but they are kind of restricted by the um, the two microphones on the device, um, uh, with regards to one being at the top and one at the bottom. And the one at the bottom apparently is a, a better quality one than the one at the top. So in terms of recording stereo, anyway, th- th- this is not like um, the Marshall London, is it, where you can roll out two microphones and do it properly? Now, I was just going to ask you, how was the sound recording of the Marshall in comparison? The Marshall's audio was fabulous. Um, yes, but then I'm that, sure. that was its, one of its unique selling points. But I would say, I mean, I've, I've done tests down in, in local concerts. I've taken a variety. I think it took about eight phones to one gig, which is ridiculous. I was <laughs> expecting to get chucked down at some point by someone who thought I was up to no good. But I was, I was testing high-volume rock music, not far from the speakers, with six or seven modern phones. And do you know what? They all coped perfectly fine. None of them distorted. Back 10 wow. years ago, you'd have taken yeah. a, a camera phone to a gig and just got a distorted mess. Microphone microphones are actually very good now. Yes. Um, so although the bottom microphone may well be better, Ted, the top one's still good enough for doing stereo sound when you're shooting video, for example. So I, I think this is down right. to Sony need to pull their finger out. But and it's, it's, it's not so much the microphone as the, as the limitation software that's actually working post mic i mean the yeah, mic itself yeah. could be good bad or indifferent but it's the processing yeah. of what they're doing with it afterwards that's so incredible and there's also lots of other options aiden as you know on zoom recorders where you can um you, you can adjust the array of of what's being picked up from where and it's a really clever stuff yes going yes. on if you're interviewing someone uh, across the table for example it knows where people are supposed to be and it just does it properly yeah. <laughs> i think you're right with a with a thing smaller than your fingernail what what really do you expect it comes back down to this thing that a phone is being a polymath. It's being a phone and a camera and a computer yeah. and a sound recorder, whereas the Zoom or a dedicated camera are just there to do one thing and one thing only. Yeah, indeed. So anyway, until they lift the 10-minute <laughs> limit on the files, <laughs> it's a bit pointless anyway. So it's a moot point, as they say. Of course, Ted, when uh, Android 13 does come, hopefully sooner rather than later, that may well come with, with an, a new version of Music Pro. It's entirely possible. And yeah, some yeah. of these limits and some of these problems may just go away. And this is exactly why they're not rolling it out yet. <laughs> they're testing it, especially for you. But I must especially say, Ted, if you manage to get it longer than 10 minutes... And in terms of a backup safety recording, it would be absolutely fine. I mean, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. my new share in terms of the quality. If you just needed a backup for a recording, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. but but not as good as a Zoom, as we no, we no. both said. Yeah, so it can't um, be all things to all men. And you're quite right. A phone, at the end of the day, is a very small item, which does a. it's trying to do a million things. Talking of doing a million things, we all know what Google likes doing with Chromecast, which is basically having a little Chromecast gadget that is its own internet computer and downloads streams for you and interprets them into your TV. and You just control it by the phone. But you've gone in an entirely different lateral thinking direction, which is really interesting. So you've been trying to stream media locally within your own living room, starting with the Motorola Edge 30 Neo into your Roku TV. Is that right? How did you get on and what other devices did you try? Yeah, I, I I was comparing um, over the air, sending out locally held yeah, files yeah. on phones to my Roku stream bar, which is basically a, a Roku TV box. Um, and I was comparing the Pixel 7, because I had it here, the Xperia 5 Mark IV, 
and the Motorola Edge 30 Neo. Um, so the music video, I was using a music video as an example, held locally on the phone. Um, I tried this out with various video playing apps and different files and blah, blah, blah. And the, the results were as follows. The Pixel um, was terrible in terms of lip sync there was lots of lagging going on when it got there um initially it didn't want to hook up at all it it, initially it crashed the roku tv um before even setting settling (laughs) in at all most of the apps wouldn't play it at all google's files app in in the end was able to send it so it eventually worked but it's just very poor i think the the whole experience google want you to use a chromecast they don't want you mucking about with a Roku TV. And I'm sure that if you had a Chromecast, it would probably work much better. The Sony, um, which, of course, we do know we can cable up with an HDMI out cable. But for these purposes, I tried it in the same way. Um, and it pretty much had the same issues, really. It, it didn't crash the Roku, but the lip sync was ropey. Um, and I, I, I don't know, at least more of the apps worked. It wasn't just locked into um, working on Google's Files app. So that, that was kind of halfway there. But as I say, with the Sony, cable it up, for goodness sake, and just use it yeah, that way. Yeah. But, the, but the winner here was the Motorola. Uh, you knew I was going to say that, didn't you? Um, <laughs> the Ready 4 software just works. It's perfect, even wirelessly. Now, I'd much rather use a wire, but but this Ready 4 wireless is just really, really good. There's a very, very, very slight lip sync delay um, when uh, when you get hooked up, but it's not as bad as the others. And you can choose whatever app you want. The The stuff comes up on the TV screen to choose between. You can use the phone as an air mouse if you want to or you can use it as a trackpad on the phone to actually con- um to, to get connected it, it just works brilliantly well um even better dare i say than samsung with dex um but yeah i think with all of these it's better to use um, a cable if you can obviously but I'm very, very impressed with the Ready 4. I thought when I found out that the Neo didn't have the cabled version of Ready 4, I was really disappointed. But I thought, well, I'll give it a try anyway and got it in. And I'm just very, very impressed with the way that it does it. And it's it's almost as good as cable, to be honest. So, yeah, that was my example. I'm disappointed, really, that the Google and the Pixels don't do this well. You'd have thought that they would have mastered streaming streaming by now, having with all this Chromecast expertise. I know it's not quite the same concept as Chromecast, but to have the Pixel be that bad at uh, lip sync and audio synchronization is disappointing. Because what they what Google want you to do is to be online, to get it up there. They they want to send the data down to your TV from their servers. And they don't yeah. want you sending local stuff because if you're sending local stuff to the TV and this is exactly why they won't throw the switch for HDMI out by cable, because the, the USB port on the phone is capable of doing that, but they won't throw the switch yeah. on it because because it then means that people will be offline and they won't be able to sell adverts to people. Really annoying, because the Pixel could do it, and if you use a Chromecast, it works because you're sending stuff up to the cloud um, and they're, they're sending it back down. It's just mad. Yeah. It's using up so much bandwidth and, and connectivity. It's just such a wasteful um, situation. And electricity and blah, blah, blah. Stop me now. <laughs> this is at the point of the podcast, Ted, where normally I'd say, 
Well, of course, Apple AirPlay uh, does exa- all of this perfectly with perfect lip sync, but I've never used Apple AirPlay in my life. I, I'm, I'm sure it does work, but every time I want to plug an iPhone into my, say, TV, I use I wire, I wire up exactly as you do. I use a cable. Yeah. That way there's no lip sync. There's no, yeah. no, no inefficiency. It just works. Yeah, absolutely. And, and all phones should have uh, HDMI out. Um, so yes. kudos to Sony and to Microsoft Surface Duo and the, some Motorola's, <laughs> <laughs> etc. Yeah. Oh, and Samsung, of course. Yeah. Don't forget them. All the aforementioned get gold stars. Cue for cure jingle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. All talking of gold stars and things that are noteworthy. We have a photo of the month winner, Ted. Photo of the month winner is um, Kenny Gordon. And his shot is Misty Morning, which he took using a Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra. Um, he says that there was minimum processing and he just adjusted the contrast. And it's a picture of uh, a misty lake with two swans on it and another bird of some sort. And it's just really, really atmospheric. And I can see why the, the voters voted for it. Um, it is a cracking shot and the composition is just wonderful. And it's just, it's all about atmosphere and feel though. Um, you can barely see, um, a lot of the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the landscape in it because it's so muted because of the, the mist. But, um, Aiden, you have an eye for a good photo. Can you see that? Yeah, I, I like this very much. You know, that one has to resist the temptation to pop it into Photoshop and increase the contrast <laughs> tenfold because that's the point of the picture, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. That it is sort of very sort of Japanese misty. Um, and the yeah. reflection, the reflection of the uh, upper image in the water underneath and the, the two, the three birds, but the two and the one. Yeah, I think it's lovely. I did, on, on first glance, one thinks, oh, there's not much contrast in that picture. But then you stop and you look at it and you appreciate that that's actually what it's about. Yeah. 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 And the uh, the S21 Ultra does really well here because it, that those swans, uh, the, the main subject, even though they're nowhere near the center of the frame of the photo, they're perfectly in focus and clear, and that's what makes the photo work, that the swans are perfectly clear against yes, this misty yes. ambience. So it's a good shot, good photo, and good phone. Interesting to see what um, Pixel's algorithms would have done with that photograph. If you had a, <laughs> yeah. if you had a Pixel, <laughs> yes. it, it tries to actually give you clarity on the tree trunks and, yeah, and yeah. misses completely what you were trying to do. <laughs> So not all AI is good AI, 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 AI. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of pixels, there are loads of them in the classifieds this week. Ted, do you want to pick a few out? There are indeed. Pixel 6a is the theme of the week. White, 128 gigabytes, brand new, unopened, Ooh. with a receipt from Google. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but 250 quid. There's another one, um, uh, again, just open, 295. So options there. The, the, the interesting, one, one of the other interesting devices this week that's come along is the Xiaomi 12T Pro, though. Um, like new in black. And that's the, uh, the, the one year on, the, the one on from the 12, obviously. Yeah. Accessories still unused and comes with spare cases, 256 gigabytes storage, 450 quid. Um, so if you fancy a dinky Xiaomi, that's good as well. There's lots of other stuff going on in there, but not so much in terms of phones at the moment. Watches and iPads and iPad minis, and there's even a um, Chromebook kicking about in there. So lots of other stuff. Um, but the phones, I think people are happy with what they've got at the moment. Um, Aiden, anything in that list you fancy? Well, I've got to say the Pixel, haven't I? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> a good price. 
having just discussed it with you at length, um, white doesn't appeal. But though it, for me, it would certainly be one of those two pixels. Looks like a cracking deal. Might not be big enough for you, though. But yeah, that's the yeah. thing. I need the Pro, don't I? Yeah, I noticed probably. that the Xiaomi is actually quite big. That Xiaomi 12T is 6.67 inches. So, oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, interesting I, when oh, you said right, dinky. Okay. I thought, yeah. is that dinky these days? I thought that the Xiaomi 12 is the dinky one. And I think you're right. The, the 12T Pro is bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but if you just want a large, cheap Android phone to, to you know, test the principle, there are plenty of, you know, Red, Red, Redmi Notes, for example, for about £150, yes, and yes. that would do the job. Yeah, before mm. I take the ultimate dive, yes. Yeah, because mm. the Pixel 6 Pro, you're still talking, let's say, 350 plus. Admit, admittedly, the 6 Pro would give you Qi and a Periscope camera, both of which you might quite enjoy, and better speakers and better audio. Um, ultimately, though, I think you might be disappointed with the Pixels that you're an audio man, and just like Steve Nutt has said many times, the Pixels, microphones, the general audio processing, the mm-hmm. audio chain, they don't take as much care as, say, the likes of Sony. So it depends whether you're literally just having a phone to act as your productivity device here, you know, playing with Bluetooth keyboards, yes. playing with on-screen keyboards, or whether you're trying to use it as an all-purpose media smartphone like I do. Yeah, that, that's those are the decisions I've got to make. But I should have said earlier, I'm working with a phone that's running Android 9 on a January 21 security <laughs> update. So, I mean, a Fisher-Price yeah. telephone would be an upgrade for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for people chipping into all these MeWe groups, by the way. Any last words from you, Ted Salmon? Oh, before I – I should have mentioned, actually, that the um, Kenny Gordon won the photo of the month um, for November, which is what we just spoke about. That's going forward to photo of the year, which will be running in January, of course, and we'll be back um, after December with a December for the last slot in that. So watch out for that one. Um, and, yeah, I'm head across to the um, MeWe PSC Photos group. Add your photographs. Let us see what you've been shooting. It's all good stuff. And congratulations to Kenny once more. Classifieds, me, we, PSE Classifieds group. Um, again, links in the show notes to that. And you can come across and join us there. Podhub UK for links to all the other stuff we do. And I'm at tedsalmon.com um, where you can find links galore as well. And if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do that. It's at paypal.me forward slash tedsalmon. Okay, and I, I added uh, our, both our blogs, our textual blogs to Potterb UK, right at the bottom, but it's there under the category reading, which I thought people, just in case they might have missed our blogs. So, yes, thank you very much for people who do chip mm-hmm. in, buying me a beer as well, link in the show notes. Thank you for coming on, Aidan Bell. Thank you both. It's always a pleasure. I had a lot of fun as ever. Yes, okay, well, thank you for listening. Show notes at stevelitchfield.com. A cheery goodbye from my two co-hosts. Goodbye! goodbye. Catch you next week on Phone Show Chats.